Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. I'm recording this at around 11 a.m. Eastern time. Usually do not record this early, but, you know, apologies for a new episode on Wednesday. I was going to record. I had everything ready to go. And then, you know, my appetite on Yom Kippur, uh, well, yeah, my my thirst for hunger was getting the best of me. For those who don't know, um, I am Jewish. I do so. Obviously, I celebrate Yom Kippur, and that's like the one of the biggest holidays out there just because you're atoning for your sins and your mistakes that you've made. And so you have to fast for 24 hours. And um, <clears throat> that definitely got the best of me. And I figured I would just come back at 100% uh, for today and then for Friday, of course. So, so for today's episode, we're going to get into some of the practice notes that we saw from Wednesday's training camp practice, including how they worked a lot on three-on-three, four-on-four, and on shootouts. I'm going to get into why that is important, especially for the season. Uh, there was also a roster cut that was made yesterday. It looks like there was another one that was made today. We will get into that. We'll also do a small preview for the final preseason tune-up against the Buffalo Sabres, looking to see how they played in the preseason. Though that doesn't mean much, but still, they've played pretty well um, throughout this time. And uh, a couple other things sprinkled in there as well. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes, you want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Score Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So <clears throat> let's get into um, yesterday's news and notes from practice. So Taylor Fredoon starting off, he was sent down to Wilkes-Barre. He's fully healthy now, but he's not going to make the team. The roster down to 26 players. And also, as it looks like, according to a couple of reporters that are at training camp practice on Thursday, Philip Lindbergh is not there. So I mean, Tristan Jari is fully good to go. The roster is now down to 25, and, you know, <clears throat> that means at least two more cuts have to be made. Poulin and Pio Joseph has, have made it to the end. Um, it's all a matter of, you know, what, what does the coaching staff see? What does the management see? Um, they have to make these cuts by um, this time next week. Um, I'm sure they'll probably have their decisions made after tomorrow's game. But, you know, we reached the end. I think tomorrow you're basically almost going to see a full – Dress rehearsal, though I think you might see POJ in there. Um, and, and I should say you might see Sam Poulan in there. Um, just because Teddy Bluger is not ready. He's been skating on his own, which is good news. I think he'll probably be ready for the first game of the regular season. He hasn't been practicing with the team yet, but the fact that he's already skating, he's been skating for most of this week, I think tells me he'll probably be good to go next week. I don't know if Poulan will be on the team by then. And then um, you know, we'll have to see what they do with the defenseman. Again, if I had to guess, I think POJ will be in the lineup tomorrow. I think they maybe want to see him one more time before they make the full roster cuts. But, you know, we'll have to see on that. Penguins also did a fair good of work on three-on-three, which is something that I'm glad that they're doing. And on the shootouts, you know, for everyone that's listened to this show for the last several months, for the last year, two years, something like that, you all know that I have I've harped on the Penguins a lot when it comes to the shootouts. Their record should not be as poor as it was last year. They were well below 500 in shootouts. They were terrible. Um, Every time it it felt like they was going to a shootout, they would lose. And for a team that, you know, how do I want to say this? It did not used to be that way. Usually the Penguins, 
you know, even as early as three to 40 years ago, they go to a shootout, they would win one basically every time because, you know, not many teams have the skill that the Penguins have to go up against them. And, you know, they would also have Marc-Andre Fleury at their disposal. He, he's probably the best shootout goaltender of all time. But, you know, even when Jari, after he had his struggles early on in the season last year in the shootout, he played pretty well. You know, he was saving, I think, you know, 930, 940 um, of the shots. But the Penguins, they were not putting the puck in the back. And that the biggest example, do you remember that game against the Calgary Flames? Uh, I believe it was last. I think it was like late. I'm trying to think. I think it was like November. Dis, uh, I think it was like November of last year, something like that. And <clears throat> I remember this because um, it was a game that Penguins had no, no, they, they had no reason to be in it. They tied the game in the third period. They get a point, goes to overtime. They don't, that doesn't get solved there. Then they have a ch- multiple chances to win in the shootout. Jari is saving their butts, making all these great saves. But the Penguins, they're not putting the puck in the back of the net. They're just coming in, ripping a shot, not making a move or a deke, and they're just going back to the bench. And obviously the Flames ended up winning that game because I think one of their players ended up doing a deke. But that's something that I want the Penguins to go back doing. And I understand that shootouts are not as common these days just because most games, I should say, end um, in three-on-three. I mean, that that's the reason why the NHL pivoted from four on four overtime to three on three, which is because a lot of games are going to shootouts. A lot of fans don't like shootouts, myself included. I can't stand them, but that's the reason why. And, you know, you've seen most, if you've seen it pay dividends for a lot of teams for the Penguins last year, they were one of the teams that played um, a ton of shootouts, you know, just a lot more than, you know, you would expect, you know, the one against the Dallas Stars um, early or early in the season, the October 19th one, that one comes to mind. I thought they all played them for most of that game. And then they just screw up in the shootout. Um, the game against, I believe it was Chicago as well on November 9th. Marc-Andre Fleury's there. They lose that one in a shootout. And yes, that was the game against the Flames, November 29th. Then they actually had a stretch where they won three straight games um, in overtime. They beat the Sabres. They beat the Sharks. Um, they beat the Jets. Seattle ended up losing that one in overtime. The Red Wings, I think that one, um, that was in a shootout. The Capitals, one was in overtime. Um, <clears throat> Hurricanes one was in overtime. Um, you know, the Sabres one was as well. And, uh, the Islanders one, I believe actually was a shootout. Um, funny enough. So, you know, they've been losing a lot of games in these extra sessions that, you know, you got to get those extra points when you need to. Yes. Did they win a fair bit amount of games in overtime last year? Yes. Their overtime record was, I believe it was a little over 500. The shootout record though, not good enough. And I want to see the star players get back to actually making moves during that time. Case in point, Sidney Crosby, right? You all know that listen to this podcast, you watch Sid come in in a shootout attempt, comes in, stick handles the puck a little bit, tries to go five hole or top cheese every time. He does not, he has not made, I do, I do not even remember the last time he has made a move in the shootout. <clears throat> it's, it's not good enough. Crystal Tang, he always has his, you know, beautiful forehand, backhand, roof sit, but I want to see him add something else to his repertoire. Jake Ensel, I know he has an amazing shot, but I want to see him see him add something else. Malkin, he kind of does the same thing that Sid does, to be honest with you. So um, I am glad that the Penguins are working on that in practice. Um, Mike Sullivan actually said this to the media yesterday. He goes, as I said to the players, 
22% of the games in the league are decided by OT or shootouts. It's a significant amount of games. That's one of the reasons we tried to make it a focal point so early in the season. Yeah, Mike, I 100% agree with that. And again, as you go back into last season, um, before the new year, the Penguins had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They had eight games decided by a shootout or <clears throat> um, overtime. Just in October alone, two of their games, five days apart, decided by OT or a shootout. In November, five games decided by OT or a shootout. That's just, that's it. That's just, you know, it, it, the league is, it's parody. It, there's a lot of parody in the league. A lot of these teams just like to give other teams extra points. That That's just how it is now. So the Penguins, they, they had a lot of loser points last season. <clears throat> I want to see that number. I mean, obviously it's good to get that loser point, even though you, you know, you, you, it sucks that you lose, but I want to see that converted into another extra point where they win those games in overtime and a shootout because the Penguins, they should be one of the better shootout teams. They have a goaltender that can stop the puck. They have a lot of skill players, three on three. They have players going out there that not a lot of teams can step up against, especially, you know, you can throw out Sid Gensel and Latang, Malkin, uh, Rust and Petrie. I mean, <clears throat> what other teams can really compete against that other than like Colorado, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, you know, maybe Calgary, I guess, can go up there um, as well. But I want to take some time to talk about that. Hopefully, we can see some changes made with their strategy um, in three-on-three and the shootout. Because, you know, I'll, I'll say this to end it. The Penguins were kind of, you know, they were dull during the three-on-three session a bit last year. And I understand that to a T just because you don't want to make that grand mistake. You know, they're odd and rushes basically every time. But, you know, you don't got to slow it down um, <clears throat> so much. I just don't want to see a boring three-on-three session, uh, to say the least. But that wraps up this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to do a, you know, a little bit of a small preview for that final preseason game, going to the lineup that I think you'll be seeing from the Penguins. I'm sure that's going to be announced a bit later today, but you know, I'll go into what I think is going to be the lineup for tomorrow. We're also looking to see how the Buffalo Sabres have played um, during the preseason. But before I get to that, it's time to talk about Bet online. It's your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysts on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to Bet Online or use your phone to learn more. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO or for Penguins. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Penguins' final preseason game. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, damn. Every time, again, every time I started this podcast, I just cough for some reason, but it's just, I don't know. Um, final preseason game of the preseason, funny enough, of course, is against the Buffalo Sabres and the Sabres. Credit to them, four and one in their first five preseason games, all four regulation wins. They have, if this were the regular season, eight points. They would be, if I look here at the standings, they would actually be tied for the most points in the league. Um, rolling numbers wise, you know, they've been, they've had, they've controlled 46% um, of the shot attempts. Um, they, at 5v5, it's, they had seven goals for, seven goals against. Um, you know, when they've also controlled only 46%. 
um, of the scoring chances. So kind of fifty eh, percent um, of the um, again fifty percent of the actual goals for. I don't know what the heck I was looking at there. Forty-seven percent of the high danger chances they have controlled. So they're losing out a lot of battles. They're not controlling the expected goals in the offensive zone. They're not getting as many high danger chances as the, as the opposition. They're not getting as many shot attempts, but that's not mattering. You know they've been putting. They've still been putting in the. They've still been finishing their chances when they've gotten them. And that's what's that's been getting them wins um in the postseason. Um four high danger goals for three high danger goals against. Um, I think that basically tells the story um <clears throat> right there. You know, this is a young team. I don't think they're gonna be that good this year. I think the Sabres overall, they're gonna be improved, I think, even from last year. It's not gonna be enough to make the playoffs, but you know, I like what they're assembling um up there. Um, and if they can get a couple other high-end players, I think they'll be a playoff team in the next couple of years. Um, to say the least. Um, I think you're probably going to see mostly their full lineup for that game. I'm sure you'll see Darlene out there, Owen Power. He's such a great player to watch. Dylan Cousins, Victor Olofsson, Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, you know, all those guys. They're a lot of fun to watch. Um, <clears throat> very young players, still have a lot of room to grow. Um, that Eichel trade is looking pretty good for them. You know, Tuck, he was not a people thought he was like a throw in for that trade. No, he was a very good player in Vegas. Peyton Krebs, very good prospect. He's probably going to play most minutes in the NHL um, this season. And I'm really excited to see how Darlene continues to play um, under this new regime. You know, Don Granado, you know, he got back to his normal self last year before that when, you know, I think what was it Phil Housley was the head coach? Um, not, not even Phil Housley, um, Ralph Kruger, excuse me. Jeez going way back there with Phil Owsley. With Ralph Kruger, he was not the same player. But then, you know, Granado comes in, he's able to unlock uh, new parts of his game, and he's, you know, living up to that number one pick um, that, you know, where he was picked just a few years ago. And then Owen Power, you know, <clears throat> he's going to be really good too. So definitely a team, that you know, not to sleep on. They just beat the Penguins uh, two to one, well, three to one, I should say. In Buffalo, it was a really close game. Drake, could you look at the only goal for the Penguins, I do think you are going to see a mostly var- this is going to be a very varsity um, <clears throat> team. Excuse me for the Penguins. The only player that's not going to play for sure um, is Teddy Bluger. Um, again, he's been skating with the team. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> he's been skating with the team last several days. They're going to hold him out for this one. Hope that he's ready to go for the regular season um, debut against the Arizona Coyotes. That is a week from today, uh, funny enough. Um, I think the first line, you're going to see Gensel, Crosby, Raquel. You're going to see Zucker, Malkin, and Rust. I think you're going to see Heinen, Carter, Kapanen. And then I do think you're going to see Poulin at center um, on the fourth line and probably um, McGinn and Archibald. I, I think that I think that's that, that's what I would do. At least, you know, maybe Paling comes in, maybe Poulin is a scratch for that one. Maybe it's like something like Poulin, maybe it's something like Paling with Archibald and McGinn. I could easily see, you know, that combination for the fourth line, but, you know, would not be surprised since Poulin is a, is a, is a, is a natural center now that he will come in um, and play the minutes for Luger. Defensively, Dumoulin Latang, I think will be the top pairing. Pedersen Petrie. Um, I'm going to go out there. I want to make a bold prediction. I think you're going to see POJ play with Jan Ruta. I think the Penguins, they want to see what they have in him. This is his final game to really show that he belongs on the roster. It's down to 25 players. Phil Lindbergh going down to Wilkes-Barre. 
you know, you've made it to the end, basically. It's time to show what you can do. <clears throat> if he's not able to play well in this game, I think it's over for him. I think he's either going to be waived or he is going to be traded. Josh Yelly was writing about it in The Athletic for one of his 10 observations on an article that came out on Wednesday. And he said, you know, he's been told that Brian Burke and Ron Hextall are as enamored with him as the previous regime of Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin were, which, you know, that makes sense. I, I think even though they signed him to a two-year deal during the song season, you know, he's not being gifted anything and he shouldn't, you know, he really hasn't, you know, shown much so far that he is a true NHL player. You know, he needs to go out there um, and take it, whether it's from Ty Smith or, or someone else. I mean, it's probably gonna be Ty Smith. They're not gonna really take out anyone else from the lineup. You know, um, you need to go out there and show that you belong in the lineup and that you deserve to play every day minutes. And I think he is going to get that chance to play on Friday. Um, I would kind of be surprised if he didn't, to be honest, you know, we've all seen what Smith and Ruda have done. And, and I know it's a little bit of a concern for some people, but as I said in my Tuesday episode, if you all are concerned about this one, this pairing, I should say, how concerned with you about a Matheson CC pairing or even a Matheson Ruida one? It's kind of the same thing in a way. Ruedel, he's that good grizzled veteran, doesn't wow you in a lot of areas, just like Jan Ruta doesn't wow you in a lot of areas. But then, you know, Matheson, he's a, you know, what was a tire fire in his defensive zone, great offensive instincts, great with the puck on his, on his stick. Same similarities with Ty Smith. Great in the offensive zone, can make plays with the puck that not a lot of um, other defensemen on this team can, but, you know, gives a little bit, a little bit of it back defensively. So, I'm kind of making that, I've been really making that comparison a lot recently just because I think there's some unfair criticism of that potential pairing heading into the regular season. Now, do I think that will be the pairing when the regular season starts? Yes, I, I think it will. Um, could there be some surprises? Yes. Could Ty Smith be sent down? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I'm not, I think there's a better chance that he's going to stay up. If that, if that does happen, you know, then, then they will have to figure out something with the salary cap and all that jazz. But as it stands right now, I still think Ty Smith is going to win that job, but I do think they're going to give POJ um, one last chance to win that one, um, to say the least. Uh, so that wraps up the second segment, doing a little bit of a preview for the Penguins' final preseason game. Trust me, guys, I am so ready to be done with the preseason training camp. Um, this week's gone by super quick, really excited. Next week, we're going to be fully into regular season hockey. And I am super stoked about that. Um, coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into a couple of birthdays. These last couple of days, Mario Lemieux's birthday on Wednesday, and then Jake Gensel's birthday is today. So we're going to get into that, a couple of other things. So stick around for that coming up in the final segment. All right. I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So on Wednesday, October 5th, <clears throat> happy birthday to Mario Lemieux. I'm bringing up this chart right now from Danny Shirey. He posted this a long time ago. Um, it's basically, you know, a big what if. What if Mario Lemieux played 82 games every season of his career? And, you know, he basically just, you know, looked what he did when he was healthy and then, you know, pulled out the averages and seeing what he could have done if, you know, he didn't have the back injuries, the Hodgkin's lymphoma. So in his first season, um, <clears throat> 73 games, 48, 48 goals, 64 points, 112 points. Next season, 145 points. That was in 79 games. Season after that, 63 games, so he still missed a good chunk. He would have had 138 points had he played a fully healthy season. 
in 88, 178 points. 76, he played 76 games the next season, 89. He would have had 214, according to Danny's calculations. In 90, 1990, he would have had 170. He only played 59 games that year. In 1990, 1991, if he were fully healthy, he would have had 141 points. 91, 92, he would have had 167 points. 92, 93, which I think many consider, myself included, that that was probably the best Penguins team in the history of this franchise. Um, he would have had 218 points, and then it just continues, 137, 187, 130, 144, 105. The, 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 the funniest one, that 2000-2001 season, when three years off, remember he retired after the 97 season, three years off, he's 35 years old. If he played a full season that year, he would have had 144 points. Coming off three-year retirement. I mean, it's just like how talented he was. You just you can't even put it into words. He means so much to the city, his organization, on and off the ice. My opinion, he's the greatest hockey player the planet has ever seen. Um, one of the three, I mean, I mean, I think outside of Alex Ovechkin and Wayne Gretzky, I would have Mary Lemieux as one of the three best pure goal scorers to ever play in the NHL. He is that good. Um Cannot say enough about what he has done overall for this team. You know, save them from bankruptcy. <clears throat> you know, was had a great co-ownership with Ron Burkle. I know he's riding off in the sunset right now that he doesn't have to deal with it on an everyday basis, but he still lives in the city and all that. So, Mario, happy birthday from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for what you've done for the Penguins organization. And it stinks that, you know, had he been healthy, he would have shattered all of Gretzky's records. I stand by that 1,000%. Had he not been hurt and had he not been diagnosed with cancer all those years ago, um, I think ev- almost every record book in the NHL that every record in the record book that Gretzky has right now, Lemieux would have, just because he was more t- a talented of a player, you know. And you know he would have when he was healthy, he showed that. So happy birthday, Mario! Thank you for everything that you've done, and also another happy birthday to Jake Gensel today. Um, you know, I, I, everyone knows, well, for those that have not listened to the show before, I, I've gone on record, my one of my bold predictions for him this season, that he's, that he's going to score 50. I think he can definitely do it with how he's already a top five pure goal scorer in the league. He's already hit 40 twice. I know he was fully healthy for most of last season, but I think he has another gear to unlock. He's also getting close to potentially getting a contract extension. He only has a couple of years left on that deal where he makes $6 million per. If he scores 50 this year, that price is only going to go up. And boy, oh boy, will he be worth it. Trust me. You know, you, you don't just let a player like that walk. And no, it's not a product of Sidney Crosby or anything like that. I think he does hit 50 with how well he sees the ice, how well he disguises his shot. You give him the slightest bit of time and he'll make you pay every single time. And, you know, him and Crosby, they work so well together. You put Raquel up there. That is making just a very <clears throat> dangerous line. And also, you know, he has great vision with the puck as well. You all saw what he did in the playoffs. I know playoff Jake went away a couple of years, but it came back in full form this past year. Um, He scored, you know, I think going back to 2016-17, he's top five in the league, I believe, and uh, playoff goals among all players. You know, that, that is how good he is when it matters most. And there were people wanting him to be traded after that series loss against the Islanders and against the Canadians for 
I don't know, someone that's, you know, more toughness or something like that. I just, I throw all that garbage away, but so have your birthday, Jake. Hope you all, hope you have a wonderful, uh, special day. And I can't wait to see you hopefully score, um, 50 this season. Penguins up just to end the show here. They're working on some special team stuff today. Um, <clears throat> power play one is the same Crosby Gensel, Russ Malkin, Latang, Carter Zucker, Raquel Petrie, and Ty Smith. On the second power play unit, and on the first PK unit, which it looks like we could see this start of the season, Ryan Paling, Kasperi Kapanen, Brian Dumoulin, Jan Ruta, really thrilled that they're continuing to put Kapanen on the top uh, penalty killing unit. I'm sure we'll probably see him in action again on Friday against the Sabres. Really looking forward to that. Again, I've said this a thousand times this week in the last few weeks. I'll say it again. I think this can really help unlock a lot in his game this season. If he can play well in that unit, I think that can really, you know, translate over to even strength. And I think he'll be a different player compared to where he was last year. And Hey, you know, maybe he needs to, you know, I guess struggle a little bit in camp and not wow everyone, you know, to have a better season, because remember we all want to know what happened last year, training camp at preseason hero goes out and stinks it up. Maybe, you know, there's a different vibe that's seen from it, you know, maybe also putting him on the PK that helps. I think the second penalty killing unit, Brock McGinn, Josh Archibald, Ch- uh, Chad Ruedel, Marcus Pedersen. You know, interesting that Brock McGinn is on the second penalty killing unit, considering that um, uh, you know he was on the varsity one um, last season. And again, you know the lines they remain basically the same. I know Smith was is with uh, Ruta today, but I'm gonna go off and make a bold prediction. I think you're gonna see POJ play against. The Sabres, and then the same thing with the fourth line again, paling Pulian Archibald. One of those players is going to be out for that game. Um, you know, not sure which one, if I had to guess. Um, maybe they'll rest McGinn, um, or Archibald, something like that. I'm, I'm not really sure though, but that would do it for th- this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this one. For tomorrow's episode, I am going to watch the final preseason game, and then I will have a full game recap episode for you all to discuss what I saw. What you know, what I like going into the regular season versus what I don't like, and all everything in between. So, again, thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk with you all on Friday evening.